name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Happy New Year. I don't usually date these episodes, but Happy New Year. Uh, what year, you ask? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what year because I don't want to date the damn episode. But Happy New Year anyways. You know, then again, let's face it, what what is time anyways? We've sort of made it up. Uh, but I got to admit, it's kind of useful. Like time is sort of helpful. Uh, we're sort of beholden to it. I, You know what I love? I always love pictures of, of guru, gurus like in robes. You know, like this guy that the businessman who came over and started the Hare Krishna thing. Like he's, you see pictures and he's always got like robes. He's like sitting there very wise and he has a watch on. I always thought that was so good. It's like existing on an astral plane and just sitting there. But then I got it. You know, the message from the gods through me, I'm their portal is holy crap. Is it 2.30? I got a dentist appointment. I'll be right back. I got to go. I got to, my watch is locking me to the earth. Otherwise I'm completely not about this place at all but can you make me some food because i'm your leader go make me some food and wash my my room wash my my clothes will you thank you Mm, mm. the biggest news of the new year is that for the first time ever i have done a blend my first coffee roasting blend i have taken sumatra roasted that yesterday and just after that roasted some java put put them together i put the sumatra and the java together so we'll see how that goes. I'm enjoying it so far. It needs another day to kind of air out, but it's it's good. I made a cup of coffee. This is not a joke the other day. I made a cup of coffee the other day and in my car by myself, I took a sip of the coffee and I went, fuck, that's so good. Out loud. I said it out loud. Is that a like is that a result of the of the pandemic or or just my 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 mental decline? I don't know and I can't figure it out which one. I'm not gonna try. Fuck, that's good. Out loud. To nobody in the car. Um, so hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I um, oh my gosh, my cat just climbed. I'm going real time narrative here. My cat just climbed onto my desk. My door is closed, so my cat has the ability to climb. Okay, there was that little pause. There was my cat having uh, stepped onto my computer keyboard, and I apologize for that. I what I did, however, out of pure professionalism, edit out the expletive. As if there was any reason to do that, but I just did because uh, it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't a purposeful expletive. It was a reactionary expletive, and I'm not as much of a fan of those. Okay, I like to swear on purpose, but not because my cat climbed across my laptop computer. Uh-uh. My we limit the kids' screen time. And we limit the games that they play. They do Minecraft with their buddies. And during the pandemic, it's been a little looser because it's their social <clears throat> interactions that are more important to me. So they're playing with their friends and they're talking in real time while they do it. That's just, it's okay by me. Okay, so neither here nor there. But my son asked me about this game and it's a violent game and I didn't want him to do it. So I said, I don't, I don't want you to play that game. But he was saying that a friend of his, one of his best buddies, his that friend's dad is a gamer and he said, yeah, he um, he plays Call of Duty, the dad does, and and he plays this other game. I don't know if it's about full, full, full frontal nudity. I don't know the name, the name of this episode, Full Frontal. So I just went ahead with that one anyways. 
um, he plays those games and, and uh, yeah, he plays and sometimes he'll, he'll like tell my friend to go to bed because he wants to stay up uh, playing. And totally as a joke, I go, man, I, that guy sounds like a better father than I am. And my son goes, <laughs> he is. Just like that. Just, he's, yes, he is Call of Duty uh, level fatherhood and I'm not level fatherhood. I'm not upset by that. Okay, I'm not upset by that because I don't think that that's the mark of a good father. I think that's an interpretation of an 11-year-old's idea of a good father. I think ultimately in the long game, I'm going to win out. Just to that day, he thinks that guy's a better father because he plays Call of Duty. That, that day. That's a battle I lost, but I will win the war. Okay, when my son's 50, he'll be like, yeah, you know, he wasn't a gamer, but I'm kind of happy about that. I hope. Uh, thanks to everybody who um, Patreons me. And does other stuff like listen to the podcast. Thanks for doing that. I don't know. It's always a weird thing when I thank somebody for listening to the podcast. It's, don't do it as a favor to me. That's what I always say. Don't do it as a favor. Don't listen to it as a favor. I'm glad you're here. How about that? I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad somebody listens to me. Um, go to small steps, small, smallstepintensive.com if you want to do a thing with me. And also uh, Six Truths book is out for pre-order. Okay, there we go. That's what's that? 10 seconds of announcements? I think you can handle that. Good Lord. Mm. So I'm reading this book. You guys know I'm in my, my breathing training. Well, I'm also reading a book. And so I'm, I'm steeped as, as, a, as a tea bag. I'm as steeped as a tea bag in vagus nerve, breathing. I've always been steeped as a tea bag in stress. You know that. My whole small steps approach is about managing stress and, and a, as an approach to, to stress overall and how that affects how you eat and everything else. Got it? But I'm steeped into the into the into the deepness of this, of the vagus nerve, of stress, of of inhale and the exhale, and how that the exhale, the long exhale, stimulates the vagus nerve, and that's the more paras, that's the parasympathetic side of the of the autonomic nervous system, the rest and digest side. And if we're not if we're breathing too fast, we're not doing a long enough exhale. It's a whole thing, and it's very very cool. And I have a um. I'm done with my training. I just have to take the, the, the exam and do three case studies. And the, so I'm just reviewing stuff right now. I just want to let you guys know where I'm at. But I'm working with one of my existing clients. I said, would you mind if I, you became my guinea pig for my breathing uh, coaching? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. So, so I'm doing that on the side. Uh, but in this book I'm reading right now, of the four books I'm reading on the stupid, uh, stupid I almost said stupid subject. It's not a stupid subject. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic subject. But the book I'm reading it now is called The Mind-Gut Connection. It's a guy named Emeryn Mayer. He's an MD from UCLA, my alma mater. Of course, I'm going to trust him. You're good from UCLA? Really? Of course. Of course, the, the little blurb on the front of the book is by David Perlmutter, who wrote The Grain Brain. I don't have a lot of time for that guy. So it's sort of a mixed bag, but I'm going to I'm gonna air toward the UCLA alma mater side of things when I trust that this guy's writing from a good place. Um. So on page 115, I'm going to read you a quote because it's very interesting. It totally, you know, I did a lot of research for my parent, for my Raising Healthy Parents book, but this, I didn't read this book, but this is just another thing. So just listen to this. Here we go, ready? Quote, researchers have found that stress-induced changes in the mother's behavior programs, uh, sorry, that was so poorly read, I can't even tell you. Researchers have found that the stress-induced changes in the mother's behavior program, in, in the mother's behavior, good Lord, programs the offspring's brain to become more responsive to stressful situations and create more anxiety 
in adults. No matter what the initial stressor is or what kind of animal is involved, the effect is similar. The more severe the stress on the mother, the worse her behavior toward her young, turning even once nurturing moms into negligent mothers. Stressed, okay, and here, and they were doing this with like dogs. But here, here it goes. Okay, so I'm going to read one more sentence. Stressed moms trampled their pups, didn't give them enough time to nurse, and licked and cuddled them less. That makes sense. The more stressed the mothers, the worse their behavior. On the other side, the less stressed the mothers, then the, the better behavior, right? So there, it's sort of like that thing, and that's raising healthy parents. They'll manage your own stress as a parent. You parent better. Got it? But then he throws this last sentence in. Last sentence. Some were so stressed out that they killed their pups and ate them, exclamation point. Like we didn't get enough of the stress mom trampled their pups because they trampled them, didn't give enough time to nurse and licked and cuddled them less. But then he goes, you know what? I'm not sure I drove that point home. Let me let me throw in the additional information we have about this whole study. They also ate their, ate their young, just FYI. And so I thought, you know, I'm proud of raising healthy parents. Like I'm very proud of that book. Uh, really proud. But but I realized after reading that paragraph that like, I think it's an important book. And I'll put it this way. If I save just one mother from eating her young, I think I've done a pretty good public service, wouldn't you say? And I love how fathers have no, they're, they're not even part of the deal. Well, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what dog, I don't know what the dog dads are doing, but that's apparently all the stress lays on the mom. Not, it's kind of sexist if you think about it in the dog world. Mm. <sighs> Symmetric jaw that's kind of growing on me. The um, the the title of this episode is called Full Frontal. Now you it's clickbait. I thought they're gonna want to know about full frontal. Now, if you're if you clicked on this episode because it says full frontal and you forgot that it's a podcast and audio only, shame, 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 shame on you. It'd be the least exciting full frontal episode, audio only. What I'm talking about here is the the front, the cortex, the prefrontal cortex, they call it. I've talked about it before in this podcast, but I'm talking about it a little bit again today. The short story about the prefrontal cortex is is that it's the I like to describe it as the executive brain. It's the thing that that can allow us to make decisions that are not reactionary, but actionary, if that's a word, that we feel like eating junk food, but go, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to do that. I don't, it's, I've been eating too much late junk food lately. I'm not going to do that. Even though I feel like it, it's that sort of on top of brain thinking that, that is on top of the other part of our brains, which is the definitely the lizard kind of survival mechanism in our, in our brains too. both very much exist there, but they're the prefrontal cortex is really the kind of thing that as far as we know is very def- defining of, of, of human beings. Uh, there's definitely some aspects of that, I guess, in other animals like dolphins and whales and and great apes that have more developed brains in that way. But we're definitely on top of that as far as we know in terms of that whole thing. But um, what's interesting to me is is how much of our programming starts at, it, by the way, in the womb based on the stress of the mothers and also at a very young age. The, the experience that we have, it does does a ton in, in our programming. In other words, our ability to respond and handle stress is programmed early on. If you look at the prevalence, I talked about this last week of, of food allergies, but also in things like irritable bowel syndrome and all the things that are going on in the gut, Crohn's disease and diverticulitis and ulcerative colitis, the things that are occurring gut, 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 gut. This book, of course, is about uh, heavily about the gut bacteria, about the vagus nerve and its ability to facilitate communication 
that goes both ways. In fact, more information goes from the bacteria to the brain than from the brain to the bacteria. It's crazy stuff. Cra- absolutely crazy. And in the coolest way. Um, but, the, so, but, but it's kind of, you go like, oh man, like I was programmed at an early age and now what do I do about it? And this, this is what's interesting to me is, is when you look at blue zones, but specifically people who go into their hundreds in age wise, we always go, oh, well, what are they doing? Because if they're eating, you know, French toast and liquid paper, then therefore those things are the best things. We should eat those things because that person ate it and they lived till they were 118,000 years old. Um, on the flip side of that, if you look at, you know, the sort of militant v- vegans, like the f- militant, the people that I'm, you know, look, I'm plant-based. I don't hide it. I'm vegan. been vegan 18 years. Um, but I'm definitely not in the militant cuckoo for cocoa puffs realm. I think that's the scientific realm of that. But the people who are very stressed about food, whether they're vegan or not, okay, very stressed about food, very militant, very, very. They talk. They use words like compliant. Okay, that's that's what I'm talking about. Those those kinds of people. If you look at the blue zones and the people who live the longest. Most of them are not vegan. So if you're getting so stressed because you think that that vegan, and, and again, I'm vegan. I think that it's an incredible diet, but you can be wildly unhealthy and be vegan. Here's two ways. You're eating really crappy vegan food, like the Impossible Burger, ju- absolute junk food, Oreos, junk food, French fries, junk food, beer, junk food, scotch, healthy, but also junk food. Okay. Um, if you're eating those things, or two, if you're super stressed in your life, super stressed in your life. And by the way, that can be super stressed about food. So those are two ways that you can be very, very unhealthy and be, you know, a hundred percent plant-based. But if you look at the people that are living the longest blue zones, there's, I think the Adventists down in Southern California, I think they're one of the only a hundred percent plant-based blue zone people. But on the whole, the blue zones around the world share certain, there's certain through lines there. And this is this is the talk. This is what's more interesting to me. This is why living well has so much more to do with things besides food. Food is one of the aspects because if it were just about food, then every blue zone would eat the exact same thing, but that's not the case. Uh, multi-generational families together, or at least in the, in the household, or at least in the community, more relaxed uh, yes, more plants, more natural food. Absolutely not hundred percent plant-based, but, but plants drinking alcohol. But the thing about it is it doesn't make alcohol good and it doesn't make necessarily the animals that they eat good. The way that I interpret that data and that information is that it is a stress response mechanism. I look at people who are in their hundreds and I think they potentially, and I don't have a study on this, but it has to do something with stress. It has to do with their ability to handle stress, to recover from stress, to how they interpret the world. Because if you are, you know, a uh, worry ward, if you're paranoid, you're going to be stressed about everything versus somebody who's not. And so it's the same things in the world, but people are interpreting those things differently. So it's, it's not, it's, it's, to me, it's long live for the big, low stress picture. And I think that that can be 
in, they live that long in spite of some of the less healthy foods that they ate, some of the less healthy things that they did. George Burns lived till he was 99, drank, you know, smoked cigars all the time. That doesn't make cigars healthy. It just means that he had a mechanism and it could be, there's genetic component guaranteed, but there also could be a gut bacterial component and there could be a early programming component, or there could be things like he had a job that he loved his whole life, that, that he had a good life of doing what he loved, passion, finding something of meaning, we don't take those things into consideration. We're so quick to go, well, they ate that and they did this. And so therefore we should eat that. And it's a really bad logic to just kind of make that jump. What's funny is that the author of this book so wants to say that the vegan diet, it, the healthy version, the whole plant version is so much, it, he, he wants to say straight up, you should eat the vegan diet. But at one point he goes, it's really not about the particular diets. You know, the paleo is not that great, but there's also the extreme vegan. And it's like extreme vegan. But then he goes on to say that it's the plant fiber that feeds the bacteria. It's fiber that only exists in whole plants, by the way. It doesn't exist in animal products and doesn't exist in, in plants that have been refined like white sugar, white flour, oil. That he talks about the fiber that feed all those complex carbohydrates that that are indigestible by us, but that the that the gut bacteria, the good stuff, digests and then creates metabolites that float around our bloodstream that help the functioning of our body. He so wants to say it, can't say it. He can't say he can't quite say it. But he talks about these tribes that are still very much hunter gatherer. And guess what? Overwhelmingly, most of their diet is plants. And by the way, natural plants, not harvested, you know, things, but like out foraged in the, the wild, picking it in nutritious soil, in not overplanted soil, not deplete, you know, not depleted soil of its own bacteria. You know, he talks about a girl, 15 years old, giving birth outside, just kind of squats down, has a baby right onto the ground. And that the end that the mix of, of bacteria in the normal day-to-day -day living of people but they have a they eat, they do eat a little animal foods and but he kind of wants to make that jump that because they eat mostly plants and animal foods that therefore the mostly plants and animal foods is the best diet again it's it's a it's an it's a weird jump it's i think it's an illogical jump i think that they can because of the other aspects of how they live their lives they can handle a little bit of animal foods the same way that people who are healthy can handle a little bit of vegan junk food or just not as healthy food in general. If what I say all the time, mott most of the time, if you eat well, most of the time, and that goes for things that have fiber in it, that not only nourishes you better, but nourishes the gut bacteria, you can handle less than healthy stuff food wise. But when you consider that stress weakens digestion and negatively impacts the gut bacteria, then it's really the eye on the ball is how do you create a life where stress isn't tanking you that you through things like breathing, also eating well, also moving your body, also socializing, being with people that you love and people that make you feel good, how that paints the entire picture of a healthy person. The good news about the, the reason why I call this episode full frontal is that because of our prefrontal cortex, our ability to develop that, we can create new programming. We, even though we, our mothers may have been very stressed when we were in the womb and that definitely affected us. If we were C-section and didn't get the bacteria through the birth canal that is naturally there to start the establishment of bacteria in the baby after birth, 
we can get on top of that. We may not be able to fully correct, but we can absolutely improve over time based on all those things I just listed. But things like meditation, and that's and that's why you know the the breathing, prop, you know, functional breathing, all these kinds of things. It's really, really possible. And also, as a side note, uh, he quotes Michael Pollan a couple times. I, that guy bothers me. I know that's gonna, but I feel like he's an apologist. He's like the he'll t- I, Michael. I'll tell you what you want to hear, Pollan. He doesn't want another guy who's afraid to admit what he already freaking knows. He'll go, eat mostly plants and not that much of it, and that's fine. But he also wants, you know, doesn't want to admit that 100% plant-based scientifically, if you look at everything going on in our bodies and the way that our bodies are designed, it's what it is. If you eat a little bit of animal foods, but in general you eat whole plants, you're going to be fine, like the way that most blue zones are. But on that note, you're going to be fine if you take time to attend to your life and the things in your life so that guess what you minimize over um, overall stress over time understanding there's going to be peaks and there's going to be things that go wrong in your life and you're going to have to figure out a way to handle those things better and to stay on top of those things that is the developmental part of our being that means that as we age we're not trapped by the programming until we were age three but it's good to know it's good to know that we may be set up in a place where we're not as able to respond to stress effectively. And therefore we can guess what I talked about last week, make moves and go, you know what? I got to figure this out. I don't, I, I tend to worry a lot. I tend to stress out a lot. I tend to, to, I'm very reactionary. I get really angry. I yell. Well, let me figure out ways to f- figure that out. But the good news is, is that it is possible. It absolutely is possible. And it's this executive thinking. If you start to develop that executive part of you, that thing that says, I have a lot going on and I can see lots in the world and there's things that stress me out and I can develop that part of me that steps me one step back, that allows me just that little bit of perspective that allows me to not be so reactive. And I think that if you, if there were a study, I would love to see on people who live into their hundreds and interview all those people. I, I just, I'm very curious to know how they handled stress in their lives, what tools they might've had, what their upbringing was like, what their pregnancy when they were in the womb, what that was like, what their mother's stress was like. I'd like to know what that is because I'll bet you there's some similarities there and consistencies from person to person. Life without you. The hint of never was, it never was, and a dance while sweet. Can be enough. To pull us through. To pull us through. But I know a thing or two. About a thing or two. Like what they can fall right through Fall right through I know a thing or two 
about a thing or two Like what they can fall right through Fall right through Above and underneath this Lies what's true Lies and truth Lies and truth There is power in forgetting Sending off one haunting Just once once again Just once or once again But I know a thing or two About a thing or two Like what they can fall right through Fall right through But I know a thing or two about a thing or two Like what they can fall right through Fall right through But I know a thing or two About a thing or two Like what they can